Hello, and welcome to the Author's Den podcast, where we help authors share their message to the world. Join us as we feature unique conversations and get ready to be inspired. Now, let's get started with the show. Hello, hello, and welcome, welcome, everyone. I am Lizzie, one of the hosts of Authors Den. How are you doing this afternoon, this evening, this morning, uh, this night? I don't know where you are in this beautiful world, and I am so, so excited to be here with you again another day, another incredible author, and another exciting story. We have so many. I think I just do this show uh, for me because I learn so much. I get to enjoy the authors. I get to revisit their stories, and I get to inspire you, and I get to uh, teach you a little bit through uh, this tiny little stage that we have here, which is a pretty big stage. We have people listening to all over the world, uh, not only uh, um, in North America, South America, Europe, and and all over. So through all the platforms, if you want a little bit more information, you can always, always connect with us at authorsdenpodcast.com. We have links, and uh, you can listen to all the previous interviews. Uh, today is going to be a very, very exciting. I say that <laughs> about all of my authors, but uh, I can't help myself. It is going to be an exciting uh Interview, I, by the way, I hate calling it interview, a talk uh, with an incredible author. We're going to be speaking today to uh, Dr. Alvin uh, Berger. And I say doctor because he is definitely a doctor. Uh, one of the things that I, I love to see, and I know a lot of people are going to say, you'd like to go see doctors? Well, dentist. I actually don't mind. Don't mind. I've had jaw surgery, and I guess I... I'm over over the fear. I mean, what else can 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 happen to you, root canals? Anyhow, Dr. Alvin, he's a retired dentist who has written one book previously called Adama, A Mind of Her Own. He began writing at the age of 81 after he wrote a beautiful note to his significant other, Veriget. Uh, she's <clears throat> urge him to continue to write. He lives in Boca Raton during the winter, and I can imagine why, and Kirkland, Washington during the summer with her. He has he is a father of two children, Randy and Gary, three grandchildren, so so young, Lauren and Max and Austin. He is avid golfer, of course, living in Florida, uh, who looks and um the sport of late in his life. He is a sculptor. Look at him, writer, sculptor, golfer, who has done work and bonded bronze as well as plaster and lucite. Um, I've never heard of that. He has an active professional and a member of the uh, American Dental Association as well as fellow of Academy of uh, General Dentistry and International College of Dentists and uh, the Pierre Fond Academy, where he was counsel and continuing education in Connecticut State Dental Association, so chairman for 14 years. Wow, what a biographer, what an accomplishment. And he, he is uh, writing, and uh, wow, this is going to be an exciting talk. So let's uh, welcome him uh, to the show with a wonderful rumble. <laughs> Hello, hello, 
welcome to Authors Den. How are you doing this afternoon? Well, I'm doing great, Lizzie, and thank you for that wonderful introduction. I hope and I hope I can live up to that hype. Uh, I'm, I'm I'm impressed now. <laughs> <laughs> well, even if something when somebody reads your biography and you kind of have to look at yourself, if you had a mirror in front of you, there you're probably wondering, are, are they talking about me? Is this all the things that I have done in my life? Is it really me? And because when you're in the nitty-gritty, when you are in the middle of things, when you are uh, working, writing, and, and taking care of it, it, it's hard to kind of uh, take care of all all this specific, when it goes away, then you just kind of look back and I'm, wow, I have done lots in my life. Uh, not too shabby. But uh, other than being a dentist, which is, you know, your number one love, your passion, your your interest, what you decided to do in life, um, you became a writer. But I wanted to talk a little bit about becoming a dentist. What gave you the inspiration? Was it a family member? Your father was a dentist. Uh, you went to the dentist, and I said, that's it. I am going to become one of those amazing doctors and help people with their oral issues. What happened? Well, I, first of all, I love the practice of dentistry. It is not only a, pra- it's a, um, a science and an art, and I think that I love the, um, the art part as much as the science. Uh, when we see people in the office, uh, they are usually frightened. And one of my uh, biggest goals was to alleviate their fright and make them want to come back to see me. And I think I accomplished that a great deal. And the art part of dentistry was the beautiful creations that we're able to do from anywhere from magnificent composite restorations to veneers and crowns and people who came in with unsightly teeth, they would leave my office looking beautiful again. So that gave isn't me that, great pleasure. Isn't that something that uh, uh, when you have a patient that has unfortunately um, uh, lots of decay or perhaps their smile wasn't what they were hoped for and just life happened and, and things happen and all of a sudden, you know, that is smile, it just kind of shrivels away because it's not what they wanted. And there you, they go, uh, they see you and, you know, they get a brand new set of mouth and just beautiful teeth and all of a sudden their life just turns around. It's more confidence. I mean, it must make you feel like a million dollars. Well, that is a great pleasure of practice um, in dentistry in particular, where we can change people's disposition, their uh, self-worth, and how they perceive themselves to other people. So that gave me uh, great pleasure throughout my practice. And actually, I never wanted to retire. I always thought that I would <laughs> practice into my late 70s or 80s. And then I realized that we were all finite. So I decided at uh, age 65 to retire. And uh, I sold my practice to the most wonderful man who was basically my clone. He is exactly like me uh, from the way he handles patients to the uh, beautiful restorations that he produced. So that gave me great pleasure as as I retired. And then I said to myself, what am I going to do in retirement? Yes, that's uh, a big I was, question. I was, I was always very physical. So uh, I was always a runner. I used to enter uh, 5K races at least three times a year. 
I was a uh, I was a uh, a very excellent uh, uh, flight B uh, tennis player, and I won my club championship uh, at my tennis club and a B flight. And uh, I never played a lot of golf uh, when I was working. But when I retired in 2000, uh, I began taking it up, and, um, and incredibly, today I am now a seven handicap, which is very unusual for a man who is now approaching 90 in two months. Wow, so, you do not sound, Alvin, like, uh, Dr. Alvin, rather, you do not sound like a 90 years old, for sure. And that tells you that your activity, your your the way you receive life, the way you like to help people uh, rejuvenates you. And I, I have my mom to speak for. She is exactly 80-year-old, and she looks like 50. She, she acts like, like a young person. So absolutely eating well, exercising, and uh, helping people, I think it helps a lot. And, uh, yes, yeah, absolutely. So here you are, um, retired. Um, you... Never doubled into writing. Uh, I'm not sure how this that came into your life. How did you? Would you? I mean, I assume as a doctor you have to write tons of documents and you have to, you know, fill up the, the forms and all that. Well, that's mostly the assistant. But how did writing become part of your life? Well, all of that is true. Uh, and when I was in practice, um, my I read voraciously technical journals. I read slowly and completely, and I, I basically did not read a lot of uh, books. Um, and when I retired, um, and Vera and I were together, uh, our spouses do- uh, passed away within two years of each other, and we knew each other for a long period of time. And we actually moved in together uh, coming up September the 30th, uh, exactly nine years ago. We moved in together, and we've been best of friends. Um, and I uh, wrote her a note for one of our, uh, one, I think it was her birthday. And okay. she said, I love the way you wrote that note. And she said, well, why don't you write a book? And I said to myself, what am I going to write a book about? I don't, I don't write. I read. I don't write. And mm-hmm. so I sat in front of a computer, a blank screen, and I'm thinking, what should I write about? And I saw an article about DNA computers, and I said, well, that's an interesting subject. Uh, I did some research, and then the first book I wrote, Adama, A Mind of Her Own, is based on a DNA computer. And I, I, didn't, know, I didn't know how, how do I write a book. Do I do an outline? Do I um, try to figure out what to do? And I decided... I was just going to let it flow, and that's exactly what I did. I knew the last line of the book, but I, it took me probably two years to write the book and to get to that last line. In my second book, I did a, it was a very, very similar. It was based on my first book about a DNA computer, but it's very timely in that it now, as you know from the title, a woman, a woman becomes president. So mm-hmm. uh, writing for me was uh, – it, it's a learning process. Uh, as, for Even in dentistry, as we go along, we keep on learning different things. And in writing, I felt exactly the same way. It was a uh, process. I sat there, and the words actually just came. I, I decided to try to write, and that didn't work. So I typed, and I was able to think ahead 
and that worked really, really well. So wow. that's basically how I began writing. It was through Vera's influence, and she <laughs> stood behind me on all of these things. And when she Aww. read the book, she said, I really like the book. I said, well, that's good enough for me. And so the first <laughs> book was published by um, CreateSpace, and then I went to a, another publishing company called iUniverse for the second book. And it's, uh, it's basically been published. It's, um, it's actually worldwide. Dis- thank you. It's worldwide distribution. On, uh, it's uh, on Kindle, uh, Barnes & Noble, all over the world. And uh, happily, um, it's out there. And hopefully yeah. with, with, you, with this podcast, we're to, as my sister would say, you're going to sell thousands of books. Well, she said, well, maybe hundreds and then a few. That's so, right. That's right. And I'm so happy, po- and we're so happy and honored that you're here with us and sharing this uh, wonderful story, which is in- incredible that you got the inspiration uh, from your partner just to be able to continue on that little legacy that you didn't even know that you had, that little gift that you didn't even know that you have, because this is your second book, and it's very, very intriguing. But I love to hear, and I thank you so much for sharing. I was going to ask you, where can people find it? And you gave us uh, Amazon. Uh, you could have candle uh and you have the paperback as well, which is incredible. So if you are on, everyone, if you are listening to us, uh, whatever time or whatever day, uh, you're able to go to Amazon or even go straight to um, authorspodcast.com and you're able to click on the link for you to be able to get a copy of this incredible, incredible book. Now, a lot of people are probably going to be asking us or asking you, so let's get it out of the way, thinking, um, what what am I getting? Am I getting excitement? And then I get an intrigue. I'm getting, what am I getting out of this book? What's What's the enticement of me reading this book? Well, there are a couple parts of this. It, it, it goes from the scientific or science fiction, which is actually re- rapidly becoming science fact, of the ability of this, this sentient computer to actually download the information into a person. And that, that's the first part of it. But then um, during the download, there is a person who hated the president. Uh, because he, was, he wanted to molest his daughter. And he decided that this woman would be the way for him to get, to the, uh, get the president out of office. And he put a line of code into this system that said to Mallory Cranston that she should become president. And uh, it was a, after she did that, there are many scenes of... Um, Intrigue, uh, murder and mayhem, sex scenes, and um, finally, she is um, a uh, the, the representative of the uh, National Independent Party. And the book goes on to show how she has become, or she will become, the President of the United States. Uh, I think it's a very timely book. And it is um, an exciting book. Yes. So, so I, people that I, are looking for a little bit of intrigue, a little bit of uh, uh, mystery, a little bit of uh, – th- there's everything in it. 
Well, that was the purpose of the book to bring and to, to bring in into focus the Washington Swamp and how how um, unfortunate it is at this time uh, when we have uh, bad politicians. So it brings that part into it also, and um, I, I hope that pe- readers would really enjoy something like that. And I, I'm pretty sure they will because there's a little a little bit for everyone. And I think that uh, everybody who's looking for a, some trauma or some trigger, and there is going to be there. Now, we're going to be talking a little bit about uh, what you mentioned about DNA downloading. A lot of people are, it's a very controversial subject, and a lot of people are not comfortable. And I know this is, this is out there. It's not a, a, a mystery. It's not a, a, a theory, <laughs> conspiracy theory. This is this is just in the work. What do you think about downloading information into people's minds? Well, you know, uh, this is exactly the reverse. If you think of an uh, electroencephalogram, how they put a, a device on the for, on the head, and the information from your head goes into a computer system. This is exactly the reverse of that from a computer is downloaded into a person. And I believe we can prove that's the truth because there are many people now who are totally paralyzed and are able to, with their thoughts, to a computer, make things, make things happen. And we, we know that's the fact because it, it's here now, today. So what I've attempted to do was to show that in a very short period of time, within decades, these computers will be so intelligent, as you know, it's happening today, that these computers will be so intelligent, they will be able to be actually downloaded into people. Here's my uh, another thought that I had, that over, and I don't know when it's going to occur, but I believe that it will, you know, our brains are like computers, or they're yep. com- extremely complex. They hold trillions and, hold- and trillions of, of information. I Correct. believe that someday we will be able to download our whole brain information into a device, like a DNA computer. Uh, whether that's going to happen in the next century, I believe it's going to happen. And if that occurs then you could actually download yourself into an inanimate or sentient object and, and preserve yourself for eternity. Now, it's very, it seems very far-fetched, but I believe that that's going to happen. So I said to my kids, you know, I wish it would happen now. You could put, put, me, back, put me back into a little box. Uh, Put me back into the matrix. (laughs) Into the matrix, exactly correct. So this this book, even though it's science fiction, is very, very close to science fact today. And it's happening so quickly that it boggles the mind that that could happen. You know, um, in the 1800s, the U.S. Patent Office, the man who was there said, I think that very shortly we're going to close down because everything that that could be invented has already been invented. So the, the narrow-mindedness of the in the 1800s, because they didn't know enough, I believe the same thing is occurring today, where people can. It's hard to conceive of the new science that's happening. Look at the 
I, I, uh, iPhone, that has more complexity or information than the first man to the moon computer. So that's how fast things are occurring in this life. Um, you know, when I was young, we had the first television. And I remember sitting in front of a, a, a 10-inch television screen waiting for the, the, the show to come on. And they always mm-hmm. had was a target. So I, you're not old enough to remember that, but I certainly do. So in our lifetime, and my mother was born in 1905, and those airplanes first be, became prevalent during that her, her lifetime. So mm-hmm. it, it's just amazing how fast technology is. Science fiction is now becoming science fact. And in this That's book... Right. This book shows that science fiction is very, very near to science fact. And I love doing it. I lo- and uh, I just love writing that book. Of, of course you do. And, and you're very excited. And I, I see your, your excitement and I can hear in your voice how, um, how much you have put into it. And you've done some research. Um, I don't know, a lot of people will probably feel um, the same way that it's going to be a good thing that, uh, you know, you're able to download your information into a computer or vice versa, obviously uh, to be used for uh, for good. But I don't know if I feel comfortable a um, AI or cloud knowing my thoughts, but um, again, to each his own, and a lot of people love that idea, a lot of people don't, so we respect them all. What is the kind of, obviously you have lots of fun and lots of people that really love you and respect you and they, they admire you for doing such a, a great piece, another um, art piece that you've developed here that you've worked on. Uh, what is the uh, feedback from friends and family? Obviously, we've seen some reviews on Amazon. What do they say that from a doctor to uh, um, a marathon runner and to golfer now uh, writing books? Well, I think that people are, are impressed by all of that, but I am uh, actually – more impressed by some of the reviews I got about the book. Uh, I don't know if you've seen the Kirkus review. Uh, it compared me to uh, Mr. Smith Goes to Washington, that movie. It also compared me to David Baldacci, uh, and so that was very impressive. And if you look at Goodreads, there are many, many wonderful reviews uh, about the book. So I'm, I was very pleased about that. But there are Those also are some reviews. Yeah, it makes me feel great. Yeah, those are big names to live up to. <laughs> yeah, well, that's what I thought. So um, what, the Kirkus Review is probably the one that I enjoyed the most uh, because Kirkus is probably the premier reviewing company uh, in the world. So that was uh, really very helpful and made me feel great. But it's, I can tell you that it's very, very difficult to, um, to get the word out about a book. I walked into Barnes & Noble to say, gee, maybe my book is here, but there are thousands and thousands of books there, uh, so it's very, very difficult to uh, promote a book. And uh, so, uh, you know what, I'm actually thinking that I think this would make a great movie, so I was contemplating writing a screenplay. Uh, I was this. just going <laughs> to ask you, I was just, you just jumped right into my say question, because the, uh, uh, the thriller that you've uh, sent us is, 
out of this world incredible. Um, and it looks like it was very professionally done. And to me, I thought, is there a screenplay done on this already? Well, no, we were actually were talking about doing it. I, I have a screenplay that I wrote for the first book, and that has not gone anywhere. Again, very, very difficult to get into, break into Hollywood. And so uh, that was sitting there. But right now I'm do, working with the Golden Agency, uh, trying to promote uh, the screenplay for the first book, Adama, A Mind of Her Own. And we're contemplating writing a screenplay for this book, which I think will be really a very excellent movie. Uh, it has everything in it. It has science. It has the Washington Swamp, and it's very, very current. And it's going to be something that I think most people will really love to see a woman president as I would. And this is a basically, I want to say it's not, it, it's not part Republican or Democrat. It's an independent woman who has uh, only the best thoughts about how to treat this country. So, um, and I think that's why it got really good reviews because it was not really partisan. So we're looking forward to uh, working with the Golden Agency uh, to try to get this into the hands of the right people and contemplating doing a script, a um, movie script. I think it's a great idea, Owen, and uh, this is definitely, I, I see movie written all over, and the actors that are on that thriller, uh, it just, it says it all. It's just incredible. Um, one of the things that uh, I would like to hear from you, and obviously the audience, because they really want to get their hands on in this book, what what is the biggest takeaway from them? Uh, that you could share with us. Obviously, we do not want to give the book away because we want people to go in on Amazon and get their own copy. Uh, but what would you say is one of the biggest takeaway or aha moment or maybe just a surprise did not expect that? Well, I think the biggest takeaway from this book is that the, uh, the integrity of the woman who is running for president she she is uh, up against uh, treachery from the from the people in Washington. She's uh, up against uh, the total negativity of having a woman as a president. Uh, but she perseveres and goes against all of those things in the most wonderful, diplomatic, kind way. And she finally makes her way to the pinnacle through the glass ceiling to the presidency. And I have to tell you that when I, even after I've written this book and read it, I get goosebumps near the end. In fact, I got them right now thinking about how wonderful she would have been as the president. So I take wow. that away as, um, so it makes me, it actually makes me proud to be able of to course. have written this to uh, show that, that this actually can be done where you, a woman can break through the glass ceiling and become uh, the pinnacle of power in the United States. And, and many places in the world, too. I mean, there's a lot of very powerful women, and I believe that out of every strong man, there is a woman behind, and out of every strong woman in power, there is always a baby behind. It works in team, uh, and uh, I think you get in the right idea for people. One of the things that I love to ask on my show on or rather an author's dance show is the uh, 
the advice that you would leave to someone who is on the other side of the world and is listening and is seeing you as unbelievably successful, you're a retired doctor, you have the time, the money, uh, but really you started in late uh, in life to, to write a book. It wasn't something that you had it within you from the beginning. Um, so what kind of uh, advice would you give to somebody who wants to start some, a project like this, which let's, let's face it, is challenging. But I'd love to hear what, you, what your words of wisdoms are. Well, my word of wisdom is that uh, you can do anything that you set your mind to do. Uh, when I, uh, and I have to compare it to many other things. You know, I, I sculpt as well. Uh, so when I began sculpting, I didn't, I, I've never sculpt, I had never sculpted other than my practice, which is sculpting of teeth. Um, I persevered and did that. And I learned, I read about it, and I actually practiced. When I did painting, I saw it first on, on YouTube, and I just, I just began. As a matter of fact, I have a website that shows me my first paintings. Uh, actually, my website is www.alvinsburger.com. So you can go there and look at all of the accomplishments I have all in one place. Well, thank from you my for book. sharing. Yeah, so, my, so I think that when people decide to do something, they have to say, I can do it. And it is a matter of, of research, of actually doing things and not being afraid. I think the, the thing that people worry about most is being afraid I can't finish. And I did this, I've done this for my whole life. I set my goal, I prepare myself, and I do it no matter what the consequence. So I've done this uh, in everything from dentistry to real estate to sculpting and to writing. So uh, you said something before that I think is the most important thing. Behind every man, there is a good woman. (laughs) And I have to say that, um, and I get get goosebumps now just thinking of it, that uh, Vera um, has been my supporter, my best friend, and she has... um, actually pushed me and helped me through all of these things uh, and given me support and love and cherishment. So, um, I, again, I, 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 have to, I have to tell you that the, um, it's not only me who did this, it's the woman behind me. Well, Vera, if you're listening to this, this is a big, a big hello to you and, and congratulations for supporting uh, this incredible man because um, I, well, we do the same here. We, uh, we support each other. My, my, my partner and I, we do everything to support whether it's going to uh, work sometimes or not. And that's one of the key things that you mentioned that I am really, I haven't heard in all the seven years that I've done radio, um, even if you don't succeed, you do it anyways. And one of the things that uh, a lot of people do, they start something, but they don't finish because they don't have the other other incredible words that you use, fear. And I think that's one of the things that traumatize a lot of people saying, I can't do it because I'm afraid of, or the, of, from. And so that is one of the things that it really petrifies a lot of people not to finish a project. You can start, but they don't finish. And uh, I'm so glad that you point that out because a lot of people 
that are listening to this could definitely benefit from your wonderful uh, words of wisdom and advice. I appreciate it so, so much. And uh, finally, I, I love the fact that you said that you you can you, you whenever you have a task, you decided you you just go for it, no matter what the outcome is. And a lot of times, we don't have good outcomes. It just doesn't work out the way you think it is. But so what? Other than than just doing it, there is no harm in done unless you have invested millions of dollars. But <laughs> other than that, yeah, you, you do it anyways. I, I agree with you. Uh, look at you, real estate, dentist, um, sculptor, marathon runner, golfer, and now here it is. And then maybe a screen, uh, well, soon, screen player for an incredible movie. What is next for you? Because I don't know what else is there to get accomplished. Well, I actually, I'm, I'm writing, I'm a glutton for punishment. I'm writing a third book now. This one is a detective story. I'm about a third way finished. And uh, I said, Beer, what do you think? She said, I love it. So when I hear that, I'm going to continue doing it. And this one will also be uh, another, another challenge, another 500 hours of work and editing. Um, but I, I must tell you that I just love life. And um, as I said, I'm uh, preparing to have a 90th birthday party in Florida. And I've invited a lot of friends from all over the country, and a lot of them are coming. It's, a, uh, it's wonderful to be at this young age and feel exactly <laughs> as I did when I was 50 or 40. Wow. And uh, wow. so I, um, I, I have to – there's another thing that I think is really important. Yeah. There are the, the I think the most important parts of of living healthy is uh, having a a great spouse or friend, eating properly, going to the gym and working out, and having a positive attitude. And things that go bad, you have to push to the side and just think positive things. So I think a healthy life is composed of. Um, uh, positive attitude, physical activity, mental acuity and activity, and eating right and loving somebody. So for th- all those things, I'm thankful, and I thank Vera, my family, my children, who are, are very, very supportive of me, um, and I love them all. And actually, I want to tell you that this conversation between mm-hmm. you and, and me, Liz, Lizzie, <laughs> it's been wonderful, and you. See, I, I hope we can do it again. We don't even have to even record this. You could be my best friend. <laughs> you are so sweet, Dr. Alvin. That is that is incredible. I think you've given us so many nuggets today. For anybody who just logged in or just came into the website, will be able to feel how happy we are and how excited we are about writing this book. And not just about that. It's about life and accomplishing things and leaving a legacy and celebrating uh, a 50, a 40, a 90 birthday and, and, and enjoying life because uh, there's so much misery in the world out there. I think we, what we do what we are telling us to do to focus on the positive. I think our life will be better. And yes, do work out. Uh, Wednesdays, my spin class is there no matter what. Uh, and, uh, you know, the walks, uh, especially when it's cold, you just do it anyways. And all of those things will help you to get your immune system uh, right up there and your your 
you vibrate happiness and people feel it around you. And I think you doing a, another novel, my goodness, I think you got you got hooked. I think you got addicted. I think this is some the bug is in you right now. And I don't know if you are ever going to be able to leave that computer now because now you got the taste of it. What do you think? Well, who knows what's going to happen someday? Science fiction will become science fact, hopefully in a not-too-distant future. And uh, will I be part of it? I doubt it, but maybe my kids will. It's true. It's true. Well, again, you live it. You you are leaving an incredible legacy, and they will be able to listen to this recording and and you know say, "Wow, this is this is my dad. I'm very proud." I mean, you're proud of yourself. Vera is proud of you, and we all all here at Authors and an incredible proud of you. I want to thank you so much for being with us. Uh, sharing your life, uh, your experiences, and your incredible, incredible adventures, especially your book with us. This has been an incredible conversation. I want to thank you. Anything else? No, I want to thank you because it's been very enjoyable. When we first spoke, you said, I want you to talk to me like you're my best friend from high school, and this has been an amazing, informative, (laughs) fun discussion. And hopefully we can do it again. It does not have to be in this format. Okay. Don't go away, Dr. Alvin. We'll be right back. Okay. And that was everyone, Dr. Alvin. And I usually say that behind the scene. Uh, you know, some people feel uncomfortable. Some people don't have this uh, persona, just like Dr. Alvin. And I say that behind the scene. But I'm. this is the first time that I actually somebody reiterated uh, on the air, but that's that's it. I wanted you to feel that you are, everyone is having a conversation with us, and let's pretend we're a best friend, and we are. Thank you, everyone, for listening to another uh, Authors Den podcast. We'll be back with another guest very soon. Bye-bye for now. Thank you for listening to another exciting episode of the Authors Den podcast. Don't forget to subscribe to the show so you don't miss any of our future episodes. That's all for now. We'll see you next time.